You're listening to The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. In every episode, we will discuss the topics and trends, the issues and ideas, the challenges and opportunities facing senior business leaders today. This series is one more way we want to engage with our network of industry executives. Thanks for joining us. Hello again, everyone. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Executive Platform's Head of Content and Research. My guest today is Miles Downey. He has 30 years of experience as one of Europe's leading business performance coaches, working with the senior leadership of some of the world's top organizations in the banking, manufacturing, energy, professional services, and public sectors. He is the founder of the School of Coaching, a highly respected provider of coach training and executive coaching in the United Kingdom and Europe. He is also the author of three Amazon bestsellers, Effective Coaching, Lessons from the Coach's Coach, Effective Modern Coaching, The Principle and Art of Successful Business Coaching, and Enabling Genius, A Mindset for the 21st Century. I also understand he has just co-authored a fourth book entitled The Enabling Manager, How to Get the Best Out of Your Team. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Miles, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a real pleasure, Jeff. I want to start off by giving people a little more context about you. Uh, can you tell us about your background as a thought leader in the world of performance, learning, and coaching? Yes. Um, it's, it's kind of an odd place. I, I was uh, actually an architect working in Dublin um, and uh, very young, first, my, first, my first position. Um, and I came upon a book written by a fantastic American, uh, Timothy Galway, called The Inner Game of Tennis. It, it's a book that was written, I think, first in, published in 72, I think, and has, it still sells and was you know, sold in its millions. Um, and it just described a different approach to performing, to learning, uh, something that was much more holistic, something was, that was about yourself and your own authority um, and, your, you know, and, and, and igniting that person inside that sometimes gets swamped by the instructions from the coach. So it set me, it set me on a journey to see what I could find out. And I eventually trained with um, some of Tim's colleagues uh, here in the UK and in, in London. Um, and over a number of years, we developed what Tim's kind of core material into an approach to coaching, which many, many people uh, in the UK and uh, across the world now are, are familiar with. Tell us about the School of Coaching. What led you to create it and what was your vision for the organization? Well, what led me to create it was a, a need for income, frankly. Um, and uh, I, I had been inside a, a wonderful little organization, which was the first kind of coaching consulting house, uh, certainly in Europe, maybe even further afield. Um, and uh, I, I kind of, you know, like a, a, a youngish man growing up wanting to do my own thing, um, left that organization. I was thinking about what I could could do and I recall the client saying to us at one point about uh, that they, they they loved the skills that we had but felt that their their managers could use our skills and it's somewhere that little idea started going around in my head that actually there was there was a need to train people the um, that was kind of in 96 97 and the, the coaching industry, if that's what it is, was beginning, profession, better word, was, was beginning to emerge. But it was full of all kinds of weirdos and, and people with strange practices and, 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 uh, and often very little business understanding. 
So I thought that there was a place in, in, in the market to make a stand and say, actually, this is what coaching is. So, so the intent was to create a center of excellence. Um, and, 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 you know, as, as we got going, it took a few years, um, you, you know, uh, we had people coming in from across the globe to attend our programs. Um, so we were training people who became then professional coaches. Uh, and, but the biggest part of what we were doing was actually giving our skills to managers. That was where the, that was where the money was. So we trained managers in the skills of coaching so that they could get the best out of their teams in turn. In your book, Effective Modern Coaching, which I believe you wrote about a dozen years after Effective Coaching, uh, yeah. you discussed the importance of modern coaching for modern leaders. How did your ideas about coaching evolve between your first and second books, and how does your concept of modern coaching fit into today's uh, changing business landscape? Well, it's, a, it's the second bit to, to kind of focus on mostly because I think the, the, um, the, the, the model of coaching is very much based on the notion that the other person, the person you're, you're working with, the person you're coaching, has uh, intelligence, imagination, problem-solving capabilities, uh, creativity, and that if you can annex that um, uh, to help them solve their own problems, have their own thoughts, then, then you're doing more than just coaching. You're actually building confidence, you're building resilience, you're bringing res building resourcefulness, uh, even responsibility that then lasts beyond the coaching intervention. Um, and so that's a, that's a very important set of skills to elicit the answers from the other. But, but that is balanced then as you, as you learn to do that, then you also learn to feed in your own intelligence, imagination, creativity, intuition into the picture. And the real evolution was about getting, getting real, uh, was one about getting even further disciplined and clear about the, as the core skill. And then, and then understanding how I myself could use my intelligence without robbing the other person of their own authority. And that was the key bit. So there was, there was that evolution and it was more about uh, subtleties and nuance than it was about any big explosion. But there was something happening, as your question uh, indicates, in the world, which which and, and we which has accelerated since then. You know, with you know the millennials and Generation Z, which are over talked about, I think. Um, but the, but there was you know that that whole sense that began to emerge that 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 the people you manage aren't just kind of cannon fodder. Um, and just to be ordered around the place. So that, that idea was growing, you know, that, that kind of last century idea that of command and control that, you, you know, that was diminishing because people were saying, I'm not willing to be pushed around like that. Um, people were beginning to say, I want to work in my own way, in my own, all of those messages beginning to emerge. And then at the same time, I mean, it's kind of trite to say it, but it's no less true. Is business is speeding up. There's more interconnectedness. Um, uh, so a tightly command, you know, kind of centralized command situation doesn't work. So leaders, managers have to stand up and 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 help people operate in that world, which is different than the previous world where commands were dripped through. So it's about being responsive in the moment. It's about it's about being and, and, and being willing to see and hear somebody else stand up and make a contribution. It's about encouraging that. So quite quite different ways of, of behaving. 
and that and then and that then to be able to be responsive in the moment requires something different of the leader um or or indeed the manager it requires a certain confidence that if if you're not getting the message from above and simply trans you know translating it and passing it on to the to to the person in your team if that's not happening then you've got to have something to be confident in you've got to have some self confidence um you, you've got to have somewhere to stand so you've got to in other words you've got to know who you are and you got to know how you show up as a leader so it's changed in that it puts much more emphasis on the 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 nature the makeup of that manager and leader to be um a, a center of calm in the storm and to be able to rise above the day to day and make and make quick but informed decisions and that's that's quite different You've been working with C-suite executives and senior leaders across a wide range of industries and government organizations. Could you give yeah. us a better sense of what you do in your day-to-day? -day, and is there a particular impactful experience you can share with us about your time as a coach? Yeah. Um, I've got to say that that um, the part of the, the, the enjoyment of what I do is that it constantly evolves. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my early 60s and I... I grow in confidence even even in the latter years uh, and hopefully that will continue in, in the next few so so i'm i think it, and 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 that's kind of uh, i wanted to say stature but I, I that doesn't sound very humble um but it, it gives you a permission to act uh and so i'm i'm trying to bring all of my experience and my resources to bear in the situation um, while respecting the autonomy of the person I'm coaching with. And, and, what, it, and what it looks like is um, it's a, it's a, my, my coaching, so this kind of, the world of coaching has kind of, I, would, I don't like where it's going because it's become very much about development. So it's a very nurturing process. Not that that's bad, but it's missing this whole other thing, which is about performance. So I'm, I'm, I'm not unique in this, but I'm damn close to unique in this, in that I do leader performance coaching. So leader, it's you. <laughs> performance, it's what you produce. It's the results. So it's a kind of, it's a business-driven, results-focused approach, which marks me out as being different. But then, you know, that, you know, I, you know I'm being called in to coach somebody, not to make them a better person. I'm being called, this needs to make a difference within the business. So this starts with a conversation, which I, I usually kind of use the words, you know, what, what, what's the job you've got to do is my opening question. And, and it takes a while for us both to find common language around that. But that's what I'm trying to find out. What's the job you've got to do? What have you got to deliver? And very often the people I'm working with, it's some kind of a project, uh, a product launch. Um, it's a, a transformation of their organization in some way. Um, so it's obviously something, often something quite big, and it's often something that's a real stretch for that person to deliver. So there, there's this upper uh, um, or, or leading edge of the performance, but it usually then requires something of that person to some some development, that, that some exploitation of their potential. So we understand. We, so I so two first two conversations. What's the job? What is the demand of you? Do you see that you're going to have to change in any way? So I've now got two threads of conversations to take forward with that person. And over a period of time, we keep our eyes on both of those things. Um, and, and I'm helping that person. Sometimes it would look like a sounding board. Sometimes I might look almost like a, a psychotherapist 
uh, in those conversations because the because it very often, given the 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 profile of some of the people I work with, uh, they might be in the papers the next day. Um, so it requires that we we um, dig deep into the resources that they possess. Uh, you know, every every as a, as an example in response to that part of your question. Um, I had a, a wonderful moment with a guy, not, this was not a very high profile, but, but he'd been successful as a kind of a, in a sales manager role and was asked to step up in, in a bigger organization. So he was recruited into a team where he had um, uh, people of different ages and stages, some older than him and some experienced, some less experienced. So it was, it was, and we were trying to find out how he, we could create that center of calm. And we got into a conversation about his identity as a leader. Um, and it was, he, he was, you know, willing to explore. And, and I actually used, I did a, an exercise in which I had to get him to close his eyes and to do some visualization in order to allow his imagination to, to solve the problem rather than going through a rational process, which can confuse most people. And in the, in, in the imagining, he recalled an image of a teacher that he'd had who, who wore a, um, a kind of a, a, a jacket with a tartan pattern, a tweed jacket. Um, and, and what emerged from that was that he felt that his, the nature of his leadership was almost as that of a teacher to come alongside people and to help them be the best they could be. I don't like that expression, but, but it's but to help them deliver the results that they needed to deliver. So and with some people, with the more senior people, it was light touch because they already know stuff. Um, so there was much less involvement, but then more with more junior, it was kind of more of a standing beside them. So he, he developed out of that sense of self, a really strong approach that he had absolute confidence in. Um, and, and, and it was, that, was a, that was an early moment of understanding how leader identity is critical to their performance. Your first two books were specifically about coaching. Uh, in your book, Enabling Genius, A Mindset for Success in the 21st Century, you discussed the four attributes of enabling genius in the modern team. Can you describe those attributes and how they contribute to team success? Yeah, and we've touched on one of them. So you said that, yeah, I actually... Um, I knew that there was a book to write because I, uh, I was now at that stage in my life, I was working with people who really needed to dig deep in order to achieve the goals that, that were important to them and to their organizations. Um, and I had to find a way of, of helping them explore their potential in a, in a real and meaningful way. Um, and that kind of, in my mind, there was a sense of what we'd have to create some kind of scaffolding that could support them as they explored these outer reaches. So I pulled together a group of about 20 people and, we, and we, we looked at people who had demonstrated greatness. And we looked at how they got there. Um, what was the path they took? And we looked then at what was common across all of those people. And it came down to four things. One was identity. Um, I'm, I'm a very keen tennis player and, and, and the people may know the names of Federer and Nadal and they may have seen these guys play. They, they both play the same game. But their identity on the court is completely different. You know, Nadal is incredibly strong, bullishly strong, resilient, um, uh, hard hitting. Uh, we will kind of beat you to a pulp. Um, and, and then on the other hand, you have Federer, who's more agile, more deft, will, will kind of spin a, a, a magic web around you. 
These people have completely different identities on the tennis court. They have a completely different genius on the tennis court. And both are successful in the same game. And both are completely different. And I would argue that both people in that example understand who they are and don't try and be somebody else. Because that's where inauthenticity comes in and, and, and that lacks credibility. So understanding your unique individual genius is one cornerstone. Another is about will, or you might want to use the word motivation. People often don't understand that, that, that will is something that can be developed, that, um, that, uh, and, uh, and, and it's multi-stranded. It's not just a single, single thing. So I get, I, get some, I get some motivation and some energy from the fact that I'm Irish. Um, not English. I mean, it, it, there is a little bit of that going on in it. There's a kind of a pride in that. And it's part of what gets me out of bed in the morning, part of what causes me to write the way I write. Uh, I also get motivation from having a very clear direction of travel. I, I, I know where I'm headed uh, and, and what's important to me in that. So you can, you can, you can, you can develop will. Um, and, some, and people who demonstrate greatness frequently have to go through you know, trials and tribulations in order to get there. So will is, will is significantly important. Mindset is the third one. Uh, mindset is a much misunderstood word, um, but, but what I'm trying to help people identify when I'm working at that level is what are the maxims by which you live day to day? Um, and you can, actually, you can actually help people understand those maxims um, uh, 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 those ways of thinking, those values, um, and, and accentuate the ones that are helping them and replace the ones that aren't helping them with things that will help them. So um, I, I, I have a tendency as a kind of a slightly creative type person, as, a, as an example of how you change a mindset, of, of getting excited and interested in the, the initial initiation of a project or a book or an idea or, or whatever. And then it's very difficult sometimes for me to complete that. So I have, a, I have as part of my mindset, which, and I have seven little cards, like index cards on which I've got the key things written down. They're on my desk and I'll pick them up on a daily basis pretty much and choose one to attend to for that day. One is, one is called, um, it's not done till it's done. And it's, 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 I'm trying to build that into my mindset so that I remember to complete that thing to get it to happen. And, I've, and then, and then I, you know, it's in, in my head, it's now called, I'm calling it break the tape. So in other words, not just get it done, but actually be first, get it done to the best of your ability. So I'm kind of a, a, an athletic image. So the, you got those three big ones, identity, will, and, um, and mindset. And what's overlaid, so the fourth piece, the fourth piece is about learning, that the, the really great people never stop learning never stop learning, always looking for incremental change um, and, and the next breakthrough. And, and so that, so you put that across those three, that all of those things are plastic, you can change, you can, you can make better. Um, and and those, are, those are the four. So, and, and that's part of the answer to your previous question. Uh, in addition to helping people uh, that I coach at senior levels deliver the results and, and develop as people, those things will almost certainly, the, the, those principles of enabling genius emerge in our conversation. I understand enabling a team has gone on to be one of the major focuses of your most recent book, The Enabling Manager. Tell us about that. In the UK, 
71% of people who are given a job of managing others are not given any training prior to that moment. There's an Irish word I could use here, which is rude. Um, that's just that word, crazy. It's just crazy. It's like putting a teacher in front of a, a classroom without any training. So what they do is they, 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 they grasp whatever they can grasp at, straws mostly, which is what, you know, how they were managed. Probably not a good idea. Um, and, and, and so they're left floundering, and, and as are the people they're managing. So it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really that that said, okay, we, we need to get really clear about what it takes to take care of your team as a, a manager or a younger leader, perhaps, in a business. And, it, and, 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 and there are essentially four different things, and I, and I use them as verbs rather than as nouns. And it's lead, manage, coach. You got, you got the lead pieces, you got to help people understand why the job is important. The, 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 the manage piece is about making sure people are clear what it is they're going to do. Most people in jobs don't really understand what their objectives are. They don't have clarity at that level. And then the coach piece is about helping them think through about how they uniquely are going to deliver on the what. And it's, and, 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 and when those, if, if you wanted somebody, if, if you were a manager of people and you wanted one of those people for whatever reason to fail, here's what you do is don't tell them why the job is important. Don't tell them how it connects with the vision for the overall company and, 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 and help them get inspired. Don't do that. Make sure they have absolutely no clarity about what your expectations are and, make, and, and really, really spend no time with them clarifying their plan of action. They will fail. If those things are clear, the why, the what, and the how, then people actually have the conditions for high performance are satisfied. The conditions for flow are satisfied. There's, there's, there's little mental interference going on in that moment. So people will then tend to be more engaged, more productive, more creative, and take greater responsibility in the workplace. So, so, that, so that, was, that was what that book was about. And yeah. Just one final question before I let you go. If there was one key idea or issue you want to highlight for the senior leaders listening to this right now, what would that be? What would you like our audience to be thinking about further after they have finished listening to this podcast? It's a profoundly important question, at least in, 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 in the way that I'd like to try and answer it. I think that, that for lots of reasons, and going back over hundreds of years, that what we've created in society is um, communities of compliance, that, that, that people um, do as they're told, um, pass the exam, work to get to, to you know, uh, to fulfill the goals they're supposed to fulfill, get married, you know, have a job, get married, buy a house, whatever, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's terrifyingly dangerous. Um, that lack of thoughtfulness, uh, because frankly, there aren't the leaders around who are going to steer us to the promised land. It, it, it ain't like that. Um, so we, we and, and as I'm kind of suggesting, we're kind of that we're complicit in that compliance because we're all playing the same game. So there's a there's there's a there's a the thing that they ask myself is why why don't we trust ourselves? Why why don't we trust other people? 
And it's a really big thing. You can, can that 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 you know, that that if I can learn to trust this this body mind that that I kind of inherited somehow, and trust its capacity to respond. So I, as I said, I play tennis. I've got I've and um, I have a wonderful coach at the moment, who's who's very knowledgeable. But also because of who I am, he gives me lots of space to do what I need to do. And I noticed a little behavioral quirk. In 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 when I was hitting my backhand, that my 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 weight would my head would kind of fall over uh, to the right hand side as I was hitting the ball. So and and it's like and and Neil, the coach, came and gave me gave me a suggestion about something or made an observation. And I said, wait, wait, wait it's, there's something really interesting happening here. And that's what diff, that's that's that the willingness to say to the coach, no, 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 this is my lesson. This is me. This is Miles playing tennis. I'm in charge. Um, and I've just noticed this thing. So one, I was capable of noticing it, and I was I was in a space in which I could do something about it. And so, so what happened was we went back and we looked at that, and sure enough, it re- it required a slight shift in the in the the way I was planting my feet. But if you don't have the the the, the willingness to trust your insights, your observations, your um, what your body is doing, if you don't have the, in- the then you're you're kind of at sea, and you're you're at the control of others. Um, so if, if leaders can have the confidence in who they are and in how they uniquely be leaders, how, how you know, understand how they uniquely show up as leaders, that delivers, um, the, that confidence allows for clarity of thought, clarity of instruction. Um, it, it, it means that people are more likely to be, to listen because they have confidence. So then they, they're not worried about losing their, their train of thought or their credibility. Um, and that begins then, once I can trust myself, then I can start to trust other people. So I, I'll start saying, hold on, if I trust myself, surely I should be trusting them to get on with it. And that transforms things. And that's when, that's when a, 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 a team really becomes a team because the conversations that need to happen, happen and happen more quickly. More creativity is available. Bah, you, you get the whole picture. But it's that thing. I, I, I really want people to start under ask themselves the question, why don't we trust ourselves? Why don't I trust myself? What a great note to end on. For everyone who's been listening to this and wants more, I encourage you all to visit milesdowney.com. That's Miles with a Y and Downey with an E. His books are available through his website and Amazon. He has also done a number of webinars, videos, and other podcast interviews that I encourage you to seek out. Miles, this has been great. I really appreciate your time today. It's a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for being there. You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon. 